Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. And I'm Matt. And today we're going to talk about a new movie that is streaming um, on Amazon, I think. And it's called Love and Monsters. Matt's going to tell us about it. So the premise for this movie is is bonkers and (laughs) absurd. So you're going to have to roll with it. Uh, It's set, and I think the not too distant future. Mm -hmm. And... There's a, an asteroid heading toward Earth, and um, in, in our wisdom, in order to get you know stop it from hitting the Earth, we fired like missiles at it, which I think blew it up. But then it rained down like the little bits of it. Uh, they rained down on Earth, and I, if I if I followed the the explanation correctly, um, they were like radioactive or something because of the nuclear. Um, you know, contamination or something. Mm-hmm. And it ended up mutating creatures on Earth. For some reason, not humans. Humans stayed exactly the same. But things like frogs and slugs and maggots and uh, other things, uh, crabs, yes, whatever. Mostly little creatures. Mostly little creatures. <laughs> they all turned big. Yes. Um, some of them, you know, human size. Some of them, you know, a lot bigger. Giant. And then it became humans versus those creatures kind of thing. And apparently... Um, 95% of humanity got wiped out within a year. Mm. And then humanity kind of went underground for the most part. And they formed colonies and kind of banded together. And, you know, it was sort of a, you know, post-apocalyptic world. And um, we are following in this uh, story uh, the character of Joel, who's played by Dylan O'Brien. And he is in a colony. And 85 miles away is Amy. Amy with one eye and two E's. <laughs> Um, and she and Joel were an item uh, before this apocalypse happened. And it's now seven years since it went down. And Amy and Joel communicate via, like, a, I guess, ham radio or whatever they call it. Uh, and, um, yeah. So, Joel is missing Amy and is not fitting in totally with his colony. And, um, yeah, the movie kind of goes on from there. Yeah, so I thought this was a fun movie. Um, it has a lot of humor in it. It's suspenseful at times, um, bittersweet and moving at times. Um, you're right. It, it, the setup is is all kind of ridiculous, and I never really, you know, yeah, I never bought the the whole, you know, uh, asteroid and fallout and mutated yeah. monsters. I, it, it was all kind of. Kind of silly. It's a very Godzilla-like premise. Yes. But, but, you know, expanded to the planet. <laughs> right. And, you know, as the title suggests, Love and Monsters, there there's kind of a love story here. I don't think the love story is quite as successful either as the kind of adventure and monster battling story that um, thankfully takes up most of the, of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just felt like the... I, I thought Dylan O'Brien, that's the actor's name, I thought he was really good, actually. Um, there were some moments early on when I was a little worried because he he tries to be funny and he kind of he kind of goes over the top and it didn't really work for me. But you know, as we came to know the character, um, I kind I warmed to him and I thought that his, he was very charismatic and very lovable and I liked him in the role. Um, you know, through some flashbacks, we see some of his history that helps to flesh him out a little bit. I I never really into the relationship that he had with Amy. Um, and, you know, that's kind of the impetus for him to, to, to have his adventure is to see Amy again. Um, but I never really liked their chemistry. I never thought they really had a lot of chemistry. 
Okay, but that's sad. Most of the movie is him fighting monsters or avoiding monsters, and, and that was all really cool. Um, the special effects, I don't know what the budget for this movie was, but I was impressed by the, the monsters. Um, you know, of course, they're all CGI creatures, but I thought they were all very pretty convincing. Um, so, yeah, that's my, that's my take on the movie. I, it was fun um, and had some poignant moments, but... Uh, yeah, mostly just a fun time. What did you think? Yeah, I um, I enjoyed this movie. I was a little shook by it, to be honest with oh, you. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Um, I think part of it is the fact that we're in this pandemic. And, mm. you know, and at the time of recording, um, winter is coming. <laughs> and the cases of, of, of the COVID-19 pandemic here in the U.S. at least are, are on the rise uh, dramatically. And states our own state and other states probably also are will follow suit are going into lockdown mode again restrictions are happening Mm -hmm. um you know there are people who are you know we're we're probably going to head into a time period again where we may not be able to see friends right you know um where maybe over the summer months when you can be outside that was a thing Mm -hmm. but now that we're all gonna i guess we're supposed to be indoors now most of the time um, that may not happen as much. So you feel kind of separated and isolated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're taking this seriously, that is. <laughs> um, so there were like, so scenes in this that may not have affected me as much before affected me more now. Like, you know, so when he's on the radio with Amy and they haven't, you know, seen each other in seven years and, you know, he, you can tell he's lonely. Like everyone else in Joel's colony is like kind of either uh, hooking up with each other or they have uh, like a kid from, you know, a, a relationship or something's happening. You know, mm-hmm. he's kind of on his own. So it, I kind of felt like this sort of sense of this impending isolation and, mm-hmm. and this kind of the wearing down uh, mentally and emotionally this pandemic has kind of had um, the effect it's had on me at least um, mm-hmm. the last eight months or however long it's been um, so yeah I mean we're certainly not in a post-apocalyptic monster <laughs> ridden planet scenario uh, but you know the, there may be some mild similarities right um, but yeah and it, it does kind of pack an emotional punch every now and then I mean there's some scenes where uh, I mean, there's a scene later in the movie that uh, Joel has with a, a robot. So this is why I said at the beginning, this is a near future movie because mm-hmm. they have these robots. They're all called Mavis, I think, mm-hmm. and they're humanoid and they are kind of like rudimentary AI, you know, um, in robotic human form. Mm-hmm. We obviously don't have that right now, um, but there's a really touching scene he has with one uh, with a Mavis um, yeah. Uh, during the course of the film. Um, and there's a dog named Boy. And, you know, anytime you have dog in peril scenes, you know, um, that's obviously a, something that kind of tugs at the heartstrings. Uh, and then I did think, I agree with you, Dylan O'Brien was really good in this. Um, he's, you know, not to be shallow, but he's, he's pleasant to look at. Uh, but he's really charismatic, Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this movie kind of rises and falls on his ability to to you know convey uh, what his character is going through in a believable manner, and I think he does that yeah. uh, really well, actually. Uh, and I've I've been familiar with him from like the Maze Runner movies and, and that kind of thing. He's, he's fine in those, but he's really good in this. Uh, and I do agree that the the special effects were good. Um, but this movie is funny, like. 
I just I didn't read read reviews of this beforehand, but I kind of skimmed some you know bullet points from reviews about this, and a lot of them were just saying like, "Oh, this movie's fun," you know, it's blah blah blah, and it is fun, but I wasn't prepared for how touching it is. Mm-hmm. And so, and yeah, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> now that we're living through a pandemic, we're finding connections now to these apocalyptic movies. Um, so that's that's something new. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, Dylan O'Brien is great, and he carries this movie. Like I mentioned before, I didn't really care much for the relationship that he had with Amy, and then also the he has a strong bond with um, some of the other members of the his camp that he's living with mm-hmm. his, in, in the underground bunker. I don't feel like that was really um, convincingly drawn so that when, when he was, you know, longing for Amy or when he was longing for the members of his camp, I really, it really didn't connect with me as much as it should have. But you're right. The, the relationship that he had with the dog, I thought was really great. And the relationship that one scene, that's my favorite scene, the scene with Mavis, the Android, Mm -hmm. um, when he's talking to her and they're having an, they're sitting out in the night, on the front porch of this abandoned house. And I thought that was a very moving and touching scene. And yeah. that's my favorite scene in the movie. It's, it's ironic that the, the, for me anyway, the, the emotional heart of this movie is relationships that he has with the dog and an, and an android yeah. and not with other humans. <laughs> it's an exceptional dog, by the way, though. I mean, I don't know uh, if this is your run-of-the-mill it's, it's an unusual dog, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, though, you know, the, his, his, his relationship with Amy and of... He's kind of going back and forth about missing her and then missing his his his, his peeps back in the colony. That all did work for me, actually. Mm-hmm. Now, it worked for me as it was presented. So, you know, there's 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 themes here. There's themes here about um, missing things or people mm-hmm. that you that maybe represent a particular time in your life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe the, you and those people have changed and you might not realize it yet. Um, and also sometimes there's missing people that maybe you kind of took for granted. Yeah. Right. Um, and I will say, you know, I'm not going to spoil the whole, um, you know, Joel and Amy reunion. Uh, and I should mention here, Jess, uh, J- Amy's played by Jessica Henwick and, and she's fine in this. Uh, but, um, you can tell, I mean, I could tell anyway that, you know, when he and her were having their, um, uh, communications via radio, you know, he was really, really missing her and really into it, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't quite pick up that as much from her. <laughs> right. um, Shasha mentioned uh, Michael Rooker was in this. Um, he's, he's probably, along with Dylan O'Brien, is probably the most famous person in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in it for a little while. Uh, he plays a character with his, with his daughter, uh, played by Ariana Greenblatt, who's, they're just kind of out on their own, uh, looking toward, a, a, to go to a colony that's in the mountains. Mm-hmm. I should mention the movie's directed by Michael Matthews. It's very competently directed. Um, probably what I liked the most was the music, the score, which is by Marco Beltrami and Marcus Trump. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It was a fun score. So, yeah, any other final thoughts? No, I think I've said my piece on this one. Okay, so what do you give it out of 10? I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay. I give it an 8.3. So our score... Is a 7.9, and it is on the Tomato Meter. It has a certified fresh from critics, 91%, and 
and an audience score of 87%. I think everyone likes this one. Yeah. Definitely good. check it out. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you.